Lord God, we just thank you for this opportunity that we can come this morning. In your presence, we can worship you freely, Lord. Lord God, we pray right now for the word, Lord. Lord God, we just... We just pray that you give me the words to be able to speak, Lord God. And we just pray that you just open people's hearts to hear your word. Not my words, but your words, Lord. Thank you, Father, that we can come to City Church on a Sunday, on a rainy Sunday morning, Lord God. Hear your word and to worship you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you one thing. I really, really do not like listening to fresh music that's brought out by United, Hillsong or Bethel. I can't stand it. I think it sounds terrible. I'm being serious. I think it sounds terrible. But do you know what? When I hear it here for the first time, it changes. We have such an incredible creative team. And it changes. The presence of God just changes it all. And I'm being serious. I hear songs and I'll say to them, I really don't like that. But when our own creative team, it's completely different. It's like you can literally feel, you feel the presence of God, especially when it's in your own home, in your own church. We are so blessed, City Church. Well, you can take a seat this morning. Who here is back at work? Done, done with the holidays. Who's back at work? Who's yet to go back to work? Oh, who's yet to go back to school? So we've just encountered this thing called school holidays. We haven't even started school, but we've encountered this thing called school holidays. Oh, parents. I knew some parents were going to say that. I have two amazing, amazing, beautiful children. They are gorgeous and they they bring us full of joy and they bring us full of... um, What's the word? Anyway, Cooper is about to start kindergarten in a week and a half. And of course, monkey see, monkey do in our house. He couldn't, she couldn't not be in a school uniform. Do you think that they could take a two for one deal? (laughs) She'd fit in really, really well. She's ready to go. She, um, she, um, I don't actually really know what to say. She is, keeps us on our toes, Georgia Grace. And uh, we have one very ready five-year-old ready for school in one and a half weeks. Five days a week, going from four days at daycare to five days at big school. We just had our last, um, well, no, we've, got our, we've just had our second last Friday where it's just the four of us. Uh, we have Friday and Saturdays off, and so we did what we normally did. We normally go get a coffee Friday mornings, let the kids have a play. Myers Cafe, parents, if you haven't heard about it and you've got young kids, I encourage you to go and check it out. Anyway, where there's a play area, go and check it out. So we can have a nice coffee so, uh, and while the kids play, run free, run feral. And um, we have one more Friday left. 
One more Friday left, so we are savouring it while we can. But uh, that means no preschool during school holidays. We're done. So um, we've got one and a half weeks left before big school. So that's what's going on in our house. Well, last week, Tim Campbell preached on um, being planted. We've been doing a series called Principles That Help You Prosper. And uh, I got left last Actually, no, I actually got a choice of when I wanted to preach and what I wanted to preach on. So I um, decided that I was going to speak on the, um, the principles that are going to help us prosper, and I chose sowing and reaping. And um, I think in church life, we first we assume of finance, sowing and reaping financially. And, um, and I kind of got on a little bit of a, a track with, you know, well, what does this mean in all areas? So obviously, sowing and reaping principle does apply to our finances, but it extends to so much more. It extends into our family, into our careers, into our marriages, into our children. Summer camp people, it also means into your studies. And it's also into our church health and into our relationship with God. To sow is to plant seeds and to reap is to gather a crop. Throughout the Bible, sowing is used as a metaphor for our actions and reaping is a result of those actions. Obviously, I've got a five-year-old who is uh, very up-to-date with what's going on in a five-year-old's world. And uh, we all know Woolies and Coles have all been on their collectibles campaign. And obviously, uh, Woolies, Woolworths, brought out... These things. Who's heard about these little uh, vegetable garden things? Who's heard about them? Who hasn't heard about them? Okay, so let me tell you the deal. These are a pain in the backside to any parent. Any grandparent, they're a pain in the backside. So obviously there's been things, the Lion King Ushies, I think that's what they were called, the Coles supermarket collectibles and the idea was you had to gather collect all these 24 or whatever it is pieces of lion king set or i don't even know what the other one plastic something little shops whatever it is so my five-year-old obviously knew very much about these things so woolies then introduced this collector vegetable garden so we started on the journey with collecting vegetables now let me tell you I have three beautiful fiddle leaf figs in my house. Three of them. The only maintenance that they need is to be dusted because they're actually fake. (laughs) That is about as far as I go when it comes to gardening. (laughs) Anyway, so we started this journey. You get a little tray. Within them, there's this little pack of seeds. This is Rocket. And this is actually the dirt that you put 50 mils of water in and it expands. You get a tray. I don't have a tray because you don't want to know about the end result of these. (laughs) So we underwent this journey of, of growing these vegetables. We did it and they were growing and they were going fantastic. 
I'm just going to skip the little part where it kind of got to a point where they were growing very, very well, but they were, they were kind of outgrowing. So we had to invest in a vegetable plot. So this is a picture of our vegetable plot. Maybe not. This, no, not that one, the first one. Or is that, that is the first one. Some of our photos always consist of Georgia. So this is the start of our vegetable plot. We had herbs. We had coriander and mint because we eat a lot of that in our house. We had tomatoes. We had carrots. We had capsicum because if you know my daughter, she likes to just go to the fridge and grab a full capsicum out and just start eating it. She can get into the fridge now and we often find um, the leftover of the capsicum either on the lounge or on the floor or wherever. We had all these different things. We had snow peas, all of this. Now, mind you, I'm not a gardener whatsoever. Okay? Not a gardener whatsoever. But I had to do some research on it first. I had to go and find out where was the best place in the backyard. Ben hated this idea because he didn't want us to have to ruin the grass. (laughs) Hated it. So we went on this journey of working out where was the best place in in our backyard. Now, our backyard is literally nothing other than grass and a shed because Ben won't allow anything else. It was a huge issue to try and get a stinking trampoline. And of course, I just went and bought a trampoline. He did know about it. Actually, you were there when I bought that trampoline. But he didn't really like the idea of it. But our kids love the idea of it. And it got me thinking when it came to this message... There are a couple of key things that I had to do for this stinking veggie garden. So I want to take you on my journey of sowing and reaping in principles in my life. First of all, you've got to choose your patch. Where are you going to set this vegetable garden up? Where are you going to start the foundation? Luke 6, 48. He, like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house um, and could not shake it because it had been well built. This vegetable garden was well built. It was in a place that was full of sun. I made sure I checked on the back of every single pack of plant, vegetable, whatever you want to call it. I checked what needed to happen. I had to check the requirements. So I put it up the back. I put it in a place that was full sun next to the shed. And I also put it in a place so that you couldn't see it directly in line of view when you walked out the back. It was hidden. That was part of Ben's call. (laughs) But how much in our lives are there foundations that that we need to look at when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to our relationships? Does it come to our career? Does it come to our family life, our relationship with God? What do our foundations look like? I have a non-negotiable in in my life when it comes to reading my Bible. I'm not perfect at it. I've got two kids. I work practically full-time. I've got a husband and I've got a house. And with two little kids, having a house is hard work. 
But I remember Kathy Koopman once saying to me, just before I had Cooper, she gave me this 365-day little, it was like a, a calendar, but it wasn't. It was a little flip thing, and it had a verse on it. And she said to me, when you have kids, it does become hard to get stuck into the word. But reading one verse a day, I want to encourage you, in this time of your life, is going to help you. And I never, ever forgot that. So I have this one non-negotiable in my life when it comes to my own personal faith. When I go to bed, kids, thankfully, are in bed at some point. We have two night, two night hours in our house, Ben and Georgia. Some nights it's 10 o'clock. Last night it was 9.15 before there was no noise coming through the monitor. But I've got this non-negotiable. I go to bed. At whatever time I go to, the kids go to bed, I then go to bed. Rather than jumping on my phone or watching TV or that kind of stuff, the first thing that I have to do is I've got to read my word. And that has become hard work for me. Because you know what? Sometimes when you've got all these things, when you work full time, when you do all that kind of stuff, sometimes the last thing that you want to do when you get into bed is to read the Bible. Some people, it's much more better to do it first thing in the morning. But for me, when I've got two kids up, it's, it's go time in our house. It all looks different for everybody. But what's your foundation like for your family? What are non-negotiables in your family? What, if, what foundations have you set in your family to make them a priority, to make it so that you're sowing into your family so that in the future, what is the harvest that you are, um, are reaping? You don't go into a marriage blind, you know what you're expecting, as I says, uh, as I point to you. <laughs> yes, it's full of joy and wonder and excitement and thrills and it's great, but it's not great every day. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> But do you know what? Before we enter a marriage, it's full of conversations. It's conversations of our dreams, our goals, our expectations, what we personally have to sacrifice, the hard work and prayer. Otherwise, when hard time comes, when hard times come, what foundation have you got in your marriage? What non-negotiables do you have in your marriage? Have you entered into a marriage? Have you entered into being a parent with non-negotiables, what is the foundation of your family? What is the foundation of your faith? What is the foundation of your career even? So the next point that I've got, Ben told me I needed to, to use all P words. So I've got my first word. My first one is patch. He said to me yesterday, do you want to have a look at my message that I normally do? I said, no, I'm not you. I'm going to do things differently. You're amazing. But I'm going to do this myself. So my second point is plant. And Timmy spoke about being planted last week. But, I, but in, in, in this point, I want to talk about investing. Psalm 92, 13 to 14 in the Common English Bible 
Those who have been planted in the Lord's house will spring up in the courtyards of our God. They will bear fruit even when old and grey and they will remain lush and fresh. Now, like I said, I'm far from being a gardener by any means. Like I said, we've got fake plants on the inside of our house. But I knew that this vegetable patch was going to cost me. Boy, did it cost me. We went down to Bunnings. We had to buy the the veggie patch frame or whatever you want to call it. I even investigated and I had to line it so that the grass and the weeds weren't going to come up. It costs me, I thought I could get away with maybe eight bags of soil. Let's try 16 bags of soil. So it costs me there again. And when you're at Bunnings, you don't just, you buy more than what you really need to. It's a bit like going to Kmart. You buy more than what you, you need. But you know what it costs us sometimes? It costs us with our families. It's sacrifice. It's hard work. It's time. Our relationship with God, our marriage, our kids, our workplace, and our own personal health. So this second image is of our... Look at me go. I'd just like to say, not once did I ever see Ben Sattler out there watering this or tending to it, okay? There we go. I need to admit to you that I'm not a pro at any of this. I can't, I can't stand up here and tell you that how a marriage, how a successful marriage works, how being a successful parent. I can't even stand up here and admit to you that I'm a great lead pastor. But I don't think anybody can. I don't think anybody has got it down pat. But I want to challenge you this morning How are you investing into the areas in your life? For the last, for over 12 months now, August uh, 2018, I'd started investing in myself. Two kids, a marriage, working at the church. I kind of sometimes struggle to keep up with everything. And uh, over the years, I've really, really enjoyed going to the gym and it's not for everybody, and it's not, a, a, it's not a health, it's not a weight loss, it's not a, an image thing for me. For me, going to the gym is purely a mental health thing. It's funny, because when we have crazy, crazy weeks, or we have a sick kid, or whatever we have, Ben will often say to me, and I haven't had time to go to the gym, Ben will often say to me, you need to go to the gym. <laughs> There's nothing... There's nothing more thrilling for me than putting on my sweatpants, my active wear that I probably wear four to five times a week. It's called a mum life. Putting my headphones in and running or putting my headphones in and absolutely punishing myself in a really, really good way. I don't have to think about my kids. I don't have to think about my... Husband, I don't have to think about my job for that half an hour. It is so rewarding to me. So this week, let me just let me just tell you a couple of things. This week I've been to the gym five times. This week I ran 5.5 Ks 
in 32 and a half minutes. My personal best at deadlifting is 75 kilos. I can bench press 40, no, 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 37.5 kilos. Look, I've got no upper body strength whatsoever, but I'm working on it. But I want to tell you what happens. Christmas has just happened, right? Might have put on a little bit of weight. We might have done all that kind of stuff. But when I have time off, I have this thing where I end up, when I get back into the gym, my knee ends up going. And it turns out, after being at physio, I have a lazy glute, a lazy right side of my bum. Which then the muscles then affect my knee because it's obviously weakened. But that's because I've had time off at the gym. And sometimes in our life, when we invest in things, it's painful, it hurts, it's sacrifice, it's time. But I want to encourage you, just like I have to, I've got to keep going. So not last week, but the week before that, I was in so much pain. I went home on Sunday after church and I don't know what I did, but there goes my knee. There goes my right glute, as we will refer to it. <laughs> but if I neglect it and I don't work on it, regardless of whether or not there's hurt, there's pain, there's sacrifice, and sometimes there's damn hard work, Sometimes we just got to overcome that because how can we expect it to flourish? I'm really, really embarrassed to show you this next picture. Yeah, I did. This is neglect. And that's the result of my sowing and reaping. I neglected it. And you know what? That's a perfect example of sometimes when we neglect our marriage, our family, our careers, our workplace. My third point, I need to wrap up quickly because I'm going to do an interview in a second. But my third point is patience. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary at doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Cooper kept asking at the start of it, is it ready? Is it ready? Is it ready? Have they sprung? Have they sprung? You know, is it starting to grow? No, no, it's not. It takes patience. But you know what is a perfect example of this? Is God's love for us. God's sacrifice. How patient is he when we do dumb things? How patient is he with us day to day? Sometimes it's hard work and sometimes we just need to sit back and pray and give it to God. Obviously, my image is not a great fourth point for you, but my fourth point is produce. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, the point of this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap a harvest. Trust God to produce your fruit. Trust God with your family. Trust God with your marriage. If you can do all you can do, I want to encourage you to give it over to God. Sometimes we see the result of our hard work and sometimes we don't. 
Sometimes with our finances, we can give, and there are some miracle stories of seeing it immediately the next day. But you know what? Sometimes when we give, when we sacrifice, when we put in, sometimes it might take a week. It might take a month. It might take a year. It also might take until we we get to heaven, until we see the result. This is my favorite quote. It was in my year seven school diary. Benjamin Franklin said, if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. And I love that quote in every area of our life, in our relationship with God, in our marriage, in our kids, in our career. You know what? It's about what we are going to put in. Leave it up to God for the rest. But what are we putting in? Well, the last couple of weeks we've been interviewing people and I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing and introducing to you Andrew and Samantha Stewart. So uh, Sam and Andrew um, have become very close with Ben and I. We... um, we have this thing, and this is what I want to encourage you to get into Connect Group. So we have Connect Group every fortnight Thursday, and it's a ton of fun. We do this thing where we go out for dinner every fortnight. We chop and change wherever we go. But I don't think there's ever not been a night where we haven't not laughed or nearly wet our pants from laughing. <laughs> it's been amazing. So um, we've obviously got to know Sam and Andrew through Connect Group. So I want to promote Connect Groups too. If you're not in a Connect Group, I want to encourage you to invest in getting into a Connect Group because you are going to make lifelong friends. You are going, it's going to help you with your own personal faith. So I want to encourage you. We have got a great Connect Group. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> so I've got a couple of questions that I'm going to ask Sam and Andrew in talking about this principle of sowing and reaping. But first of all, I would like to know, how did you guys come to, how did you come to faith? (laughs) Um, For me, it was a case of um, growing up in a Christian household. So having uh, God-fearing parents who uh, sowed into my life and just always having that Christian presence there. Um, I responded to altar calls at you know at school and at church. Um, I don't remember a specific moment where I had a life changing, um, I'm I'm saved moment. It's just kind of it's always been there for me, and God's always been in the patchwork of my life. Um, so I know some people have got some amazing testimonies where they can say. You know, I had a specific moment where God touched me and my life changed. But I think God's just always had his hand on my life. And, and for, I'd like to have an amazing testimony. It'd be cool. But um, uh, I also just love the fact that I feel like God's just always had his hand on my shoulder. I think for me, I grew up in a Christian household as well. We went to church every Sunday. I helped out with Sunday school when I was old enough to do that. Um, and it's just all, God's always been part of my life. I can't remember a moment when he wasn't. But 
there was one specific moment at a um, school camp when I was in, I think it was year eight, or it could have been year nine, I'm not sure, where there was an altar call and I really felt God say to me, you know, go up the front, accept the prayer. This is, this is your life, so make a public acknowledgement of that. So that was that one specific moment, but it wasn't, it wasn't a change at all for me. It made no difference to, to who I really was because it's, it was always a thing yeah. for me. Yeah. What's your favourite thing about City Church? You can say me. Well, Amy Sattler. I, I was going to say in the pre-prepared answers that you gave, it says Amy and Ben. Um, for me, it's home. Um, what I love about City Church is you walk in the door, you feel loved. Um, and it's the first church I can remember being a part of where I've had this real peace about being home. And, uh, you know, you look forward to coming to church. I think uh, if I look back on my childhood and, and growing up and then getting married and we moved around a bit and we never really found a, a place that we said, yeah, this is, this is us. And so that's what I love about this church. I love the people. Yeah. Um, and I love the people who have, you know, they've accepted me, they've accepted us. And um, I don't think I've ever walked in the door and felt out of place. Yeah, I think City Church is family. And for me, family is a really big thing. So feeling like part of a big family is is a bit precious. It's nice. All right, talking about family. You have three beautiful children. Sometimes. I know which ones you might be talking about, Ollie Stewart. He's pretty good today. (laughs) What are some things that you try to do in your family life to make it a priority? Um, Dinner time's a big thing for us, although as the kids get older it gets a little bit more difficult, especially when they work at night, but... Um, we have always sat at the dinner table. We're not a TV dinner family, although we did last night, but that's irrelevant. Um, (laughs) And we did while we were away too, but that's also irrelevant. Um, We we are a a dinner table family. No phones, no TV, just four or five or whoever's there sitting at the table together. And that's really important and... Um, sometimes if everyone's cranky with each other we just sit there and no one talks and we eat and we get up and clean up and that's it (laughs) but other times we talk about our day and we talk about what's going on and um, Oliver talks about cars and Emily talks about dance and we all just smile and go yeah that's great and but but it's that time together where people can talk about the things in their life that is important to them and I think that's really important and have you seen the the other side, the reward of what that has brought to your family. You obviously think, would know a lot about cars. Uh, a lot about cars and a lot about dance. And you, you put you more in touch with what the other people in your family are doing day to day. I had the opposite growing up in terms of dinner. Like 
it was grab your dinner and first person on the couch sort of got best seat for the TV, you know, and <laughs> and there was no conversation. Um, uh, I really value that um, in our family, and that's something that came from Samantha's side, like her family. When when I first started dating Sam, um, this strange concept of there's being a dinner table and it's set and there's knives and forks and cups and I've just never done that and um, so I actually really love that and I value that and I do think it's a very important part of just keeping a daily contact because otherwise if you don't make that time if it's not deliberate then you you lose contact the days go past the weeks go past and it's like oh hang on a sec what year are you in are you finished Oh. Uh, um, so I think it's that deliberateness. It's deliberately spending time. And we have a funny saying in our house, it's forced family fun. Um, so yes, we are going out and we will enjoy ourselves. Um, um, and actually, you know, you learn these things as time goes by. But um, like we've just come back from, from a couple of weeks' holiday and, uh, you know, it was the, t- was the moments where we all went out and, and we went to the beach or we went wherever and just spent time together throwing the football, um, throwing Isabella into waves um, and half-drowning her. Um, Eating copious amounts of gelato. And lots of gelato. Um, but they're th- and they, that's where you form your memories too, yeah. isn't it, is, is those times. And I think that's important. So that deliberate choice of not just, oh, it would be so easy to lie here in bed and not do anything. I'm on holidays. But to say, no, we are, we're going to do this. We'll do it as a family. I think that's important. What are some ways that you guys try to invest in your marriage? Andrew and I work together, so we spend a lot of time together. Um, But Things like when we go and do the grocery shopping, which we almost always do together, we'll often go and have a coffee first or um, we'll go out to breakfast or, as Andrew discovered this year or last Christmas Eve... We have a tradition. We have a tradition of going out, <laughs> he and I, for Christmas Eve breakfast, which he didn't even realise we did until <laughs> last year. It's just... But that's OK. We do, and we go somewhere different, and it's just he and I, and we have... Christmas Eve breakfast before Christmas Day becomes a rush and, and hassle of being everywhere and seeing everyone and getting the right presents and all those sorts of things. So um, that's something that we do. But we do spend a lot of time together and I think that's important. And it's that deliberateness again, though. Um, we try to plan um, a short break hopefully once a year where it's just Sam and I um, praise God for grandparents um, but I think that's really important and that the fact that that we do that strengthens our bond um, and I think we already had a pretty strong bond to start with uh, I've been very lucky with the woman that the Lord has blessed me with um, Incredibly understanding woman who's always right. Um, it's just comforting to know. Um, 
But, it's uh, taken him nearly 25 years of marriage to figure that out, but that's okay. I'm a slow learner. Um, but, but that deliberateness, once again, of having that time, and, and I mean, praise God for youth, date night every week. Um, and it is, it's, it's just so nice to stop. We love our kids. We really do. But we got married. Yeah. And, and it's our love that started this whole circus. And um, family, family, sorry. Um, and, um, you know, I think if, if you don't care for that and continue to water it and look after it, it'll die. Anyway... So talking about work, you obviously work together. What, what is it that you do for work? Well, first of all, I'm the boss. From nine to five only. Um, um, so I'm, I'm blessed to work with Brendan um, and Sam. Um, I'm the general manager of a small company in, um, uh, uh, located near Liverpool. Hell of a drive every day. Um, has its challenges, but we're also uh, part owners of a small business in Vietnam that's uh, connected with that. Um, and um, uh, so I spend my days and nights worrying about that business and dealing with the issues. Um, but uh, as I say, I'm blessed having Brendan, um, such a godly man, um, alongside us in that business is... It's a blessing every day of the week. So I also work there. My official title is Administration HR Manager, but that's a very small part of what I actually do. I do a lot of other things, but, um, yeah, that's what I do. So I guess working together, having a part ownership of a business and being a, a GM, obviously, you know, you both share the load. How does your faith impact the way that you lead in your roles? It's that what would Jesus do um, concept, I think. Trying to, trying to be a leader, not, not a manager, but a leader in the company and making decisions from a perspective of truth and honesty as, as much as is humanly possible um, and relating to people as you would hope that they would relate to you, I guess, do unto others as they would do to you, but also to try and, um, and be Jesus to the people around us. I mean, we've been planted in a, in a company of 30-odd people, um, most of which don't know the Lord. Um, so they all know that we go to church and that we love God. Um, but being Jesus to those people as, as part of the role and not, not just treating them as, as just other people or just workers, but they're God's people. And have you seen fruit from that? Um, I think I have in terms of um, seeing that people respond to that. Um, 
uh, we, I mean, we haven't had any major conversions or anything at, at work at this point. Brendan's working on a couple of guys. Um, but that's also, I have to be a bit careful, I guess, as well in my role as general manager um, where that's concerned. But Sam's been blessed with a position where she can talk to people at a really personal level. Um, yeah, so um, as part of my role as HR, I do have a lot of people knock on my door with often problems at work. Um, there was one specific example a few years ago um, where we had a, a lot of the guys in our factory are not that much older than my children. So um, they, they still see, need some more adult people in their lives to guide them. And one particular gentleman actually tried to commit suicide due to some personal experience, uh, things that were going on personally in his life, girlfriends and parents and those sorts of things. Um, and uh, the afternoon after that, I got the opportunity to sit with him in the park and we prayed. Wow. And it was really special. Wow. Okay. Part of what you've just answered, but uh, how has investing in your relationship with God helped you both personally? There are days when I could so easily just stand up and leave the keys on the desk and walk out the door. It'd take me a long time to get home, but um, <laughs> I think I think that walk itself would be quite cathartic. Um, <laughs> But um, just having God there, my relationship with the Lord is my anchor. It's a point of reference in the chaos which is life. Um, And let's face it, family gets into that as well. Family issues at home, um, struggles and and work-life, having that point of reference to just come back to and to hold on to Um, you put the verse up before about building the house on the rock and you know that relationship with God really is that rock and and there's not a week goes by when I don't go looking for the rock Um, and I'm sure everybody has the same issues in their roles I'm not trying to say that you know my role is especially stressful but um um, could just be that I make it that way, um, but yeah, it's there's been some significant times in the company's life. Um, at one point, you know, we'd had a really, really bad year, and um, I was looking at the profit and loss statement, and and uh, we were going to be lucky to have um, a black number at the bottom of the the PNL come the end of the year, and I, I just prayed. And hung on to God. And it was while I was praying one day, God said to me, don't worry about it. It's taken care of. It's all about to change. You're going to have the most profitable year you've ever had. Uh, okay. Thanks, God. <laughs> Got to work. First thing I went to do was go and speak to Brendan and tell him that that's what God had told me. And he said, beauty. (laughs) But without a word of a lie, within a month, everything changed. And 
we actually had the most profitable year we have ever had. And due to a series of completely unforeseen circumstances that took place in our industry, um, it was just amazing uh, seeing God's provision. And we've had issues with, with finances at home. And uh, I remember walking... I used to walk up the Great Western Highway from our house in, in Springwood at the time. And I would pray while I walked along and just say, God, you know, we need your help, please. And I remember I actually got uh, opposite the, the church there near Buttonshaw Park and God said, mate, give up on it already. I've got it under control. Don't worry about it. You won't have any issues with money. And I've got to say, we've never missed a bill We've never not had food on the table. There's never not been money there for anything we've needed. Sam needed an operation and, you know, the cost was quite significant. And we were thinking, initially thinking, wow, you know, this is so much money. But then I, I looked at it and I said, oh, hang on. We've got some money in savings. Thank you, God. It was just the right amount. It wasn't really... the. There was, yeah, there was no nothing extra. left. It just, but it was like paid for, and wow. and that's such a blessing. Yeah, I have some health challenges, um, and I have good days and I have bad days. But for me, knowing that whether it's a good day or a bad day, God's either carrying me or holding my hand, so it's all going to be okay. Well, uh, as we come to a close, I just want to honour Sam and Andrew. And um, the reason that I asked Sam and Andrew is because obviously I've, we've been in their world for a, a while now. And, um, and I've watched and we've been invited um, into their, their home and the way that they have as a, as a couple um, and as parents and even as, as, as business men and women. Um, I want to honour you guys today because, you, like I said, you've got beautiful children. Um, your marriage, even though some days you might not think it, is such an example to others. And I, and I guess, you know, business, you know, like you've said, you know, you've, you've had challenges and that kind of stuff. But, you know, both of you have stood strong and invested, you know, both spiritually and personally and uh, and I want to honor you both today and we love you and and it's been such a privilege for Ben and I to get to know you and for you to be a part of our family but I just want to ask you one more question out of the Sattler household who's your favorite (laughs) I know the answer Georgia Georgia (laughs) who's your favorite uh, Andrew what am I supposed to say who's your who's who's your favorite Sattler (laughs) oh that's a tough call. I've got to say, I, I love you guys. And um, getting to know you has been a real joy. Um, but if I had to name my favourite, it would have to be Miss G. She's just all personality. <laughs> She's unstoppable. Oh, she is. Well, why don't you thank Sam and Andrew? I guess I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the last three messages that have been spoken on principles that are going to help you prosper. And I want to encourage you this morning to to look at your life, look at your relationship with God. And you know what? It's a a fresh year. It's a a fresh start for 
for all of us in 2020. And I want to encourage you to, to break, your, break your life up. And I want you to reassess and to go into 2020. What are you looking at getting out of it? What are you investing in? What are you sacrificing? And give it to God. And He's going to truly bless it. Well, why don't we stand and why don't we sing another song?